So we're here with Jason Craig. He is the editor of Sword and Spade. If you, we've actually mentioned Sword and Spade on the Catholic Man Show before, but if you have not had a chance to go subscribe to it, you can go to swordandspade.com. The Sword and Spade. The, spo- the. Uh, the Sword and Spade.com. Uh, he's the editor of that. He's also the editor of Those Catholic Men. Uh, he's also the founder of Fraternus. Is that correct? Is it the founder? Co-founder. Co-founder. Co-founder of Fraternus. Uh, it's great to have you here. You've been a guy that I've been wanting to interview for a long time. In fact, what was it, like two or three years ago? You know, I don't I don't think you really wanted to. I mean, if you no. wanted to, <laughs> think we'd have done this already. I, yeah, Jason, i got to tell you, he, he tells me a lot how he didn't. Never really wanted to interview. I mean, you know, actually, he's like, you know what? I actually don't like this guy. No. Just a second ago, he's like, oh man, there's Jason. I guess he's here. I guess we can't get around it now. Can I get out of it now? No. I have a question for you. Um, If you had another son, let's just say hypothetically, I don't know if you have, do you have sons? You have sons. Five. Five five sons. Let's say you had another one. Would you be willing to name him Elijah? Are you serious? Oh, wait, you know that. You know that about me. That's why you're bringing that joke up. I don't up. know. Absolutely. Yes. After the bourbon? Yeah. Yeah, it's my family. They invented my... So I found this That out. is your family? It's my family. I was making I did a not joke. Know. I did not know this yep. either. Let's... Okay. Hold on. Let me get comfortable. All right. Uh, Elijah Craig, the bourbon. Right? Yeah. <coughs> That's the joke I was making. <laughs> right now? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're recording right now. <laughs> Somebody's asking if we're recording. Yeah. Um, why are we facing... The, like, we're... We're facing people as if we're expecting and anticipating and accepting of their company, which we're not. We're not. No. Um, yeah, I found out. I was at a family thing, and my aunt was doing a one of these ancestry studies, and she, as sort of a post-Puritan Protestant, was like, hey, you know, kind of embarrassing news. <laughs> um, your ancestor is Elijah Craig, the purported father of bourbon. And uh, I, had, I was already a Catholic at this point, so I got in the car immediately and went to the liquor store. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the, the guy goes, "You probably have a college fund or something, man," because I was telling him about this story. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, it, it, I mean, definitely part. Elijah Craig was the Craigs in the United States are apparently all related, so it wasn't hard to to, to find how we were related to us. Uh, so you're probably like rich. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. That's what everybody says, Loaded. right? Yeah. yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, even know it until. We did that ancestry thing. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And then I just n- knocked on Elijah Craig's door and right. said, I'm a Craig. Where's my share? Give me some money. And right. they said, we've been waiting for you. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Here's 10% off. <laughs> right. Here's a Here's t- Jelly of the Month Club yeah. subscription. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, no, I was excited to find that out. It's, it's, that is awesome. But he was, yeah, an illegal Baptist preacher in uh, Anglican, Virginia. You know what? I respect that. I don't. Even more. It sounds awesome. Like, I don't know how you get to be an illegal Baptist preacher. Well, because early America was not religiously tolerant. You had to be a licensed Anglican uh, okay. to preach. So he was illegal. He's going around preaching it, man. You know? Couldn't slow him down when he wasn't making bourbon. Nice. Now, I also sounds heard, awesome. heard a talk that you gave. Uh, it was a virtual talk. It was like you and uh, R.J. Snell, I mm-hmm. think, and Dr. Cutterback mm-hmm. uh, on homeschooling. Yeah, fathers this? of the homeschool. Fathers of the homeschool, and right. uh, it was it was the one conference that we were both like. It was like when every like there was all these virtual conferences happening because of COVID or whatever, yeah. and which were basically all dumb. Which yeah. are like we, they're I, like, we made yeah, fun of all t- of them we, except for that one. That was we the were like, only no, one I, was I want, like, I want to, I want to you know go what? to that one. I actually do want to do that virtual conference. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah fathers of the homeschool. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's actually that was that had nothing to do with COVID. 
from our perspective, it was that the homeschool world is generally matriarchal. Right. Um, and, you know, you get these homeschool catalogs, and there's not they don't even address the dad as if he has anything to do with the education of his children other than funding it. So, um, which, is, which is a huge problem. I mean, it shows our lack of formation or our lack of engagement. I don't know what it shows. But it shows that moms are doing all the work, which is probably a practical necessity, uh, but doesn't make it acceptable. doesn't make it a norm. For mothers to be the primary and practically sole educator in the home is just, well, first of all, it's not true. I mean, the dad is educating right. all the time. Mm-hmm. So Whether you want to be or not, you yeah, actually are. You're, just, you're not aware of it. Uh, right. So, yeah, you and I were just talking on some other, I don't even know if I'm supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, some other podcast you're working on with uh, the great books, and it's how many dads wish they knew and could converse in the great books that they're, their kids are reading. Don't just buy them the books. Read right. them. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that was a good little online thing. Yeah. That was Fathers a, of the homeschool. Yeah, I really liked that. Now, so I have uh, four boys, one girl. A mm. uh, girl is sandwiched in between boy, boy, girl, boy, boy. Uh, David has four girls, one boy. Mm, you still let him on the Catholic Man Show? And I still let him on the Catholic Man Show. I'm the one with all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's afraid of my uh, my family? <laughs> So we, it's we the had, other way around. We had girl, boy, 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 girl, girl. That's us right now. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Now, now, how old is your oldest boy? Twelve. Twelve. Do you have an Elijah? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But you would. Yes. You would do it. Yes. I yeah. think that's a great Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. In okay. fact, I just found out the other day that my wife is totally cool with it. Oh. I thought we really should have discussed this a long time ago. We'd right. Have, we'd have had one by now, but. Yeah, give us a minute. I'm so glad I asked you that question. That was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Now, so let me ask you this: uh, Has the 12 year old gone through a rite of passage yet? <laughs> All right, you haven't read the book, I can tell. Uh, wait, have you read this, the book? No, I've not. Okay, I've not, not read, read, read the book. Yet. So, you're referring "Leaving Boyhood Behind" is a book I wrote on rites of passage. Uh, it's a not an academic book, but it is a very serious look at how cultures made sure that boys don't stay boys. So it's an anthropological study. How does this happen? How do you make someone who's not a man into a man? And that's what – so we tend to think solely in the, like, did you kill a moose? Right. I was right. just right. – like, my initial reaction yeah. was, well, you kill something. Yeah, you go kill something. Like, yeah. yeah. So there's actually sort of – there's a, a broader concept to initiation – and we should call it initiation, right? Why do you need to be initiated into anything? Right. Because the church initiates you, mm-hmm. right? The sacraments of initiation. Um, militaries initiate. What, what is the point of an initiation? It's to make you something that you weren't before. Yes. Right? And it's to bind you with a new body that you didn't belong to before, most typically. So there's logic behind all sorts of initiations, whether they're college fraternities, right, or religious orders, you're well, not one of it us. It like welcomes you into a new community. Yeah. How do we make you're not one of us? How do we make you one of us? You can't just show up and sign the roles. That's not. This is too serious. Right. Right. So in the case of an initiation, it's that the change in you, the way of life before, the way of life after, they're in conflict. You can't be these things at the same time. You can't be married and single at the same time. You can't be lay and religious at the same time. You can't be alive and dead at the same time. You can't be. You know, all all these. That's the point of an initiation. It's not just a gnarly experience. Yeah, dude, I killed this lion. I'm a man now. Um, it should be epic, though. That, uh, killing the lion is. It, lots of things can be epic yeah. and not be an initiation, not be a rite of passage. But it, you know what's epic? Killing a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's what Kane said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk after the show. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to uh, edit that. Um, <laughs> no, I corrected him well live. You should keep yeah, that in there. Yeah. Um, so a rite of passage, is, there's actually really three parts of it. And when we're talking about the broader concept of it, and it's that, well, first of all, it's that a boy is not a man. Those are different words on, on purpose. And that cultures did initiate them. They, they did not leave it to be passive. Uh, and that is, that's universal amongst cultures and time. It's not a strange thing or a tribal-only thing. Or, I mean, it's just, that's just what people have always done up until us. Um, the three parts of it are that, that kind of expounded in the book is, the, first of all, you have to be separated from your boyhood. Right? When, when, for us as Catholics, we know... When St. Paul, we've heard that verse, 1 Corinthians 13, where he's listing the litany of love. Love is patient, love yep. is kind, yada, 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 yada. A lot of people cut it off, and they don't make the connection with his next verse, which is, when I was a boy, I acted like a boy, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. He was, so a Jewish man would have had a rite of passage. I mean, they, they did. They had them. Um, so when St. Paul's articulating that, that's not some weird thing. He's making a connection. My life as a sacrifice in Christ as a man of God is related to my ability to love. And he makes a very clear distinction. When I did the things that boys did, it's because I was a boy. When I do these things as a man, I'm a man. And cultures had this. I mean, even Jesus, you know, when he gets lost in the temple, he's on his way to the temple. Jewish boys would have gone every year with their family to this pilgrimage. But the only person who had to be there by the law, by Old Testament, was the man. So St. Joseph had to be there. Our Lady and Jesus are there out of piety when he's a boy. But Joseph had to be there by law. And there was a point where all these people, this giant caravans of people, would have come to the temple. And everyone would have stopped. And the women and children would have stopped. And then the men would have kept going through a door. And they would have gone to a particular place in the temple that was just for them to worship God. So imagine you're a boy. You've been a boy your whole life. And the first time your dad turns around and says, come on, right? You cross through those doors. So that's an example of going somewhere, doing something that a man has done. So the first stage right of passage is you leave your boyhood behind, which is almost always meant the fathers of a community would separate the boys out from the mothers because they knew better than to leave them with mom, right? There's a reason we don't have a phrase in our culture, uh, mama's man. Right, you're a mama's boy. If you have an undue, oh, that makes, yeah, I like that. That's why you have to cut the apron strings, like all these sayings. If you have an unhealthy attachment beyond the time when you should be a man, you become a mama's boy. Right, when you have a sort of unhealthy. This doesn't mean you don't reverence, honor her. That would be violating the commandments. It'd be absurd. Uh, but it does mean that you're no longer in the world of the maternal. Primarily, the second stage is that's then you go kill a lion. That's where you're like, all right, I have left this old way of life behind. I need this ceremonial thing that sort of marks the change in me. And that's typically where a lot of cultures would have some sort of achievement or some sort of literal mark. I mean, everything from brandings, tattoos, knocking a tooth out. There's a ton of. Wait, I have to stop talking. The handings. Uh, Do you you edit that out? You just keep that going. Oh, we'll just keep it going. (laughs) Keep it in. No worries. Um. There's a lot of people here. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, so that, that, that's actually the easy part, the like, experience that like, marks this moment. But in a lot of cultures, they would have physically killed the boy. I mean, like in a ceremonial way, they would have caused him harm. They would have put him in a casket and marched him out of town. They would, you know, these are the, the things that hurt. 
in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like the logic of the gauntlet, right, when you join a fraternity right. or a soccer team. It's like, well, I've got to put your ego to death, a boot camp. There's a logic to this. I've got to put that to death, and then you come join me. But that experience separates you from the old way of life. And it's important that it's arduous. Yes. It's very important it that like, it has to try it. Yeah, it is something that you – And you did something. Right. It's not just information. Man, you're really special. Right. It's no, you did this thing. Something that you could fail at. Yeah. Well, I mean, try, imagine going to the military and everyone goes through boot camp, but you don't. Right? This, right. And so it binds you together with other people. It proves to yourself and to others, which is important. I don't want to prove myself to anybody. Of course you do. Yeah. What, right. what am I supposed to just accept wholesale, your willingness to sacrifice? I'm going to see it. Right. Right. I right. Mean, yeah. And then the last stage of Rite of Passage, though, is the most important and the hardest one, which is then you're brought into a body of men. You're brought into a brotherhood of some sort, a coherent culture, right? That, who is the ones in, in, enacting the initiation in the first place? Right? It's the men. The men. Like, I, I will sh give you the path to manhood, which is the path to us. It's like you can't go through boot camp if there's no army. Hmm. Right, that's that's like the self mutilation of uh, like right. crazy g gym guys that have no brotherhood. They're just like ripping themselves to shreds constantly. But there's no army on the other side. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Um, so let me so ask you. Let me let, ask. Let me ask you this. Oh no no. Oh, lots of questions. No, no I, let I, me. I, ask. I have all sorts of questions. So we had this debate oh a number of years ago about rites of passage. Was, we were talking about you know uh, receiving your first holy communion as kind of a a rite of passage. Uh, uh -huh. Obviously, it's a sacrament of initiation. And so we were talking about, all right, let's have like a camp out or, so, you know, like a, a fishing trip or something. And the debate To welcome them into, you know, like, okay, this is what men, this is what we're, we're doing as men. This is what we do. Yeah. yeah. The debate we were having was, do you go do the fishing trip in preparation for receiving Holy Communion the, thereby making the fishing trip itself the rite of passage, may, and now it's like, oh, now, now you've done it, and now you can receive communion, or do you receive communion? That is the rite of passage, and now you get to go on the fishing trip. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's just, uh, it's good that you, one, that you connected it to the rites of initiation of the church, uh -huh. and it's also good you connected it to first Holy communion. Now, if you're doing that at the age of seven or eight here, Mm -hmm. then they're not men. You're not a man. Yeah. Right. And that, that it was clear. Like, we were telling them, like, no, no, no. You're not, like, you don't get to do all the things that men but this do. This is a but, big thing. You get this, con right, well, right. Well, the sacraments of initiation actually correspond exactly to those three stages we just said. The first one, your old way of life dies. That's baptism. You've been baptized in Christ, been baptized into his death. The second stage, the giving over the identity, where this is where, in a rite of passage, you would have had the tools of your trade given to you or something. That's the sacrament of confirmation. The and then the last one is... To receive Holy Communion. That is, because you know how you, you know when you belong to a body? It's when you do what they do. Mm -hmm. So we, that what do we do is, you know, in, in, a, in a rite of passage as well, there's also the first stage happens once, second stage happens once, the third stage, that's the ongoing incorporation. It keeps going. So in your debate, it's like, well, you're actually, you're really just marking this moment in a special way amongst right. the dads. which right. is, But that is the beginning that... These guys know they're seven and eight years old. They're not doing what you do. But that you belong to our company more in this stage um, is definitely – I mean, I, I think you've, you've, done, you've done a good job either way. Take your kids fishing. Don't overthink it. Um, but I'd say, you know, let them receive communion and then take them out on the honeymoon right. of belonging, so to speak, that you guys have 
in a different way. Because you actually, you know, what makes brotherhood is that we have the same blood in our veins. Well, we've now received the same blood. We've got the same blood right. in our veins now. That's what I. That's the way it seems to me. Is that holy communion should be the thing that changes you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so now that you're yeah, it's a theological now you problem. get to come on in the fishing trip. It's not the fishing trip that right. makes you ready for yeah, yeah. Well, you're. I mean, you're. We're talking about a spiritual transformation, and then the sort of cultural, psychological, emotional. Right of a yeah. boy. The, the most important thing about the boys becoming men is that they become one of you. So that makes actually the most important thing about it not what you do for them, but the brotherhood you have amongst yourselves. Another thing I've I've given thought to on this topic is uh, a name change. So uh, my son, he's David Jr. We call him Davy. Um, I went by Davy when I was a boy, and there was a, a period in my life it wasn't marked by an event. You know. It, or anything like significant, it just kind of I phased out of it at some point. But I, I think that that could be significant as well, where it's like you have some rite of passage, you're a man, and now you're not Davy anymore. Yeah, I mean, and so that's a in scripture. Whenever there's a major change in someone's life, right? When Abram becomes Abraham, when Jacob becomes Israel. I mean, there's an example. Jacob is wrestling God on the beach. And you never sometimes you, sometimes we read scripture we're so familiar with the story we don't think about what what in the world he says you know the wrestling he says I will not let you go until you bless me so what does God the loving Father do to his son he changes him a new name, name. Yeah. no what does he do first punches him in the hip he breaks his leg <laughs> right it's like God I will not let you go until you bless me right it's like what is happening there there's definitely a corresponding to the to the new name and the identity change. You know, before Saul becomes Paul, what happens? He gets knocked off a horse, struck right. blind. Have you ever fallen off a horse? Like it's a long way up. Yeah. Um, I have not. Whenever Abram. I've not fallen off, no. Abram becomes I, Abraham. I, I didn't fall off either. I got kicked off. <laughs> Abram becomes Abraham, it you know, circumcision. It seems worse. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, let's the, the transformation of Christ. There is no resurrection of that new identity without the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, and that moment marks you. Like there, Christ in his glorified body, his perfected body. He's already perfect, but then he has a glorified body. Uh, he, it's perfect, right, that body? But what's it still have? It's got the marks of the cross. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is something about the challenge in the identity and the name change that's absolutely there. And a religious order. You know, you go into religious order, those three stages are there for them too. They yeah. walk in, they're wearing different clothes, they hit the ground, somebody covers them with a sheet to represent their death, takes them up, they pop up, shave their head, get a new name, new habit, and now... And that new name, they'll never refer to that person in that old name right. again. Yeah. So, so absolutely. And you, in your case, yeah, if you've got this kind of cute name that your kid has when he's a boy, and then all of a sudden you say, Dave, come help me change. Uh-huh. And maybe mom will always call you Davey. Yeah. You know, but. Um, That's like, why you have to separate him from mom. They just, they won't stop calling right. you Davey. Yeah. Right. It's come true. on, mom. So it also seems like there's a prerequisite here, that, you know, because I think this is, I think all men kind of get fascinated and uh by this idea of yes like especially with our boys rites of passage but it seems to me and so give me your thoughts on this that if you don't have a real camaraderie of men as the father no that's it that's then, then there's there's no initiation we can't not being start. initiated in you can't even anything. talk about it right so that's really like i mean just just think about you know like a, a tribe you know they have the, the men the warriors you know who no, there's are, no it's we actually so when I got to the end of writing this book, there was almost a moment of despair for me with sort of an intellectual 
realization that in the West, we are defined by our liberalism, right? We're liberals. Some of us are right-wing liberals in some wings. I mean, I'm talking about the the big word of liberal. Classic liberalism. I am an autonomous individual, and insofar as I am free to make my own choices and choose my own destiny and reach my own potential and success, that makes me who I am, which is literally the opposite of the doctrine of the mystical body of Christ, that when I die to myself for others and become part of this body, then I am. I mean, it's literally, it's the Antichrist. I mean, it's the opposite. Anyway, we men live by that code. As, and we all know, I mean, I'm sure you've had, I'm sure you've had to talk about this, the, the loneliness, all, all the, the isolation, the individualism. Um, we simply don't live as brothers, which is a theological, this, this is a major problem because the explicit command in scripture, you know, a lot of people use the word um, disciple, talk about like, our, well, we got to disciple each other. It's actually kind of a modern usage of that word, first of all. Second of all, after the book, uh, after the Gospels, um, and you have to find an exhaustive concordance to do this, but look at an exhaustive concordance at how many times, so including the book of Acts and then all the epistles, the word disciple is used. It's a total of, take a guess. Zero. Two. Two. Okay. Brother, brethren, brotherhood, or brotherly. How many times do you think? Fifty. A lot more. Two hundred and fifty. Okay, so... You were closer all, there. All the, renewal, all the renewal movements of the church tend to be fraternal movements, Benedictines, Franciscans, Dominicans. And when we talk about the maturity, of, we look at these tribes like, man, their rites of passage are awesome. Look at the men initiating the boys. No one else can do it. And that is our fundamental problem. And I don't have this problem solved in my own community, in my own life, just, just to say it. We, 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 because this is something we lost, and regaining it could perhaps take generations. So... If you're looking for a magic fix in a program, it's not there. And we had to learn that. I mean, so I worked for an apostolate called Fraternus. It started with, man, the Catholic Church is hemorrhaging boys. We should do some stuff for boys, which is fine. But it's totally inadequate when it comes to this bigger problem, which is the boys aren't the problem. It's the men. The men are the problem. So we have, you know, our Fraternus chapters, we used to start trying to get all these boys in a room and have this great night. And now it really is, nope, we have to have the men meet, sometimes up to a year first, to solidify their identity as brothers and this isn't a kitsch little emotional attachment. This is actually, no, this is, this is the truth of who you are. I don't, want, I, I don't care how you feel towards these people. It would be nice if your feelings matched up with the reality. But first, let's just start with the reality. Mm-hmm. That you actually are brothers. You belong to one another. This is an explicit command of Scripture that you love one another. This is actually how our Lord says the world will know you. Right? Is, is that. So, yes, it would be like talking about, Let's have a boot camp and there's no army. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, what's, what are you doing? Right. It's, just, it's disordered. Yeah. So do, you, do you find that when men start looking at this idea often, you know, and they're thinking about it for their sons, do you think often they realize that even though they are a man, they also have not been initiated into anything because yeah, they're, they're they don't have a brotherhood? Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, they realize I have to I, – I need it oh, it's first. It's the most common – I mean, I've, I'm, I'm not – liberating myself from this yet you start to realize because what you know one of the fundamental realities of being a boy is insecurity yeah because i've never been a man before these are things i need to be shown how to do guided meant you know i don't know i need someone to tell me who i am so our lord says all that i am i've received from the father and there's so many things that are not achieved they're they're gifts your identity is definitely it's a gift uh, but a lot of times when we start talking about, yeah, you need to go through physical challenge to understand who you are. You need to learn how to sacrifice. You need to have relations, the relationships with your father and mentors. 
men that affirm you and guide you because they've actually shown you how to do stuff and they're praising the real you. Know, you start talking about these things and guys are like, whoo, that's not me, which, which is a problem. I mean, it's a huge problem, but it's our, it's our deficit. That doesn't mean, well, crap, I'm, I'm a girl man. I'm a mama's boy and I can't. It, but it does mean there, there are things about me, I, my, I mean, myself, that I'm insecure about and I'm going to make up for that insecurity in some way that's probably unhealthy. Um, so if I'm not becoming like Christ, living for my brothers, knowing who they are and, and giving my life for them, then I'm probably enacting some sort of selfishness or insecurity right, on other people. Those insecurities, do you think, uh, are due to a lot because we have just such a cush life? Because there's no, like, there's no trials. Like, it seems like that because, like, we don't have to worry about, I mean, we get into a climate, con- we get out of a climate-controlled house, we get into a climate-controlled car, we go to a climate-controlled office, we drive back into a climate-controlled house. You know, like, uh, because there's so much comfort, there's so little, like, natural trials yeah. that, that men are like, I... I, I'm uncomfortable or I'm, I'm insecure about this because I haven't had to deal with like I haven't had to look at my bank account and be like you know what uh, I don't know how I'm going to pro- provide today yeah I mean that <clears throat> so Aquinas uses the phrase effeminate right. to describe what you're describing right. and that does not mean girly no what no, it means, means is the inability to sacrifice yeah um, or the unwillingness or the unwillingness to sacrifice and a lot of times that unwillingness or inability comes from inexperience. I just don't know. Yeah. You know, see, a lot of us, we might have had the moment. This was not me, by the way, but you might have had a, you know, a coach who said, I need you to give me more than what you've given me. Like, I, don't, I need 110%. That's a mathematical impossible. No, I need 110%. Those people that push you. And if you don't, the lack of experience of doing hard things and learning how to do things is a major problem. So we actually, so another kind of side of the apostolate we do at the farm. So I live on a farm for this reason. I want my kids to see dad do hard stuff. I want my kids to do hard stuff. So I'm here right now in Tulsa with you guys because my sons, 12 and 10-ish, are running a small dairy farm. So they're milking cows. The dairy farm. Um, they're milking cows every day. It's not an optional thing. That's not a trust fall exercise. It's not a imposed responsibility. That's if you don't milk these cows, they're going to get mastitis and infected. By the time I get back, they're all going to be kicking us, and I might kick you. Right? right. It's not an. <laughs> right. They're experiencing a real thing, so that's why we're there. At at the farm, St. Joseph's Farm, we do the two main events we do is we have kind of father son weekends um, that you can. Come with your son, and we – it's not a rite of passage. Just tell people that. You can right. like brand my kid? Yes. Yes. St. <laughs> Joseph's Farm. <laughs> um, we don't it's do a great that. marketing ploy. Yep. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, tribes have done stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I haven't done it. I'm just like, <laughs> um, it's just not mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Co-walking. So we do that, and that's great. That's, that's for the relationship between the father and son. It's not really – but the other thing that we do is like it's fascinating is with college students and young guys today, they're kind of pissed. They're kind of insecure because they don't know how to do anything. Yeah. They're great guys. Lots of character, even discipline. But we live in a time that is abnormal historically. And I'm not – if anyone wants to accuse like, oh, that's just nostalgic farmy stuff. It's like, no, I'm sorry. This is basic realism. Most boys throughout time had to do something of substance – 
by the time they were 15. You know, I live mm-hmm. literally right down the road from 13-year-olds, and they have like, they're like plowing with horses with other men at 13. They're, I'm sorry. I call them 13. A community of 13-year-olds. It's a tribe. No, it's, they're it's a Amish. It's a place to live. They're Amish. Okay. Right? The Amish right down there. And these 13-year-old Amish boys, you know, they're out there plowing. I was going to say, why are they using horses? Oh, they're Amish. Okay. okay. And, um, I'll bet they have a refrigerator. I'm thinking about these guys, these 13-year-old boys, compared to their public school compatriots that have to ask to use the bathroom. Yeah. Right? This guy's peeing off the back of a plow because he can't stop, you know? Um, you don't have to edit that out either. <laughs> oh, we won't. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, for us to live in a culture where boys don't do anything hard and they don't, see, even if their dad works hard, they don't see it. Yeah, they don't do it. And then we have this plague of self-esteem tropes where, mm-hmm. like, we're trying to give our kids self-esteem. Like, do you know why they don't have self-esteem? Because they don't know how to do anything. Self-esteem yeah, is I mean, competency. You mm-hmm. learn how to do something, you gain confidence. I, I'm really glad you said that. I, I don't. I wouldn't call the place that I live a farm. We just moved. We have. We do have cows. Sweet. Call chickens. It. You know what we're gonna call it? A homestead. I call. We call it the ranch a little bit sarcastically. <laughs> oh. but, uh, <laughs> I was trying to go backwards. You're going a little bit ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel exactly the same way. And I've talked to my wife about this. That you know, when something needs to be done, I don't call. An electrician, or I mean, if I ha- if I something is truly beyond my skill, I'm not gonna like burn the house down mm-hmm. just out of stubbornness. Right. Um, but most of the stuff, you know, you can watch a YouTube video and figure it out. And yeah. Um, like I feel the same way. I want my children to see me yeah. working hard. Well, uh, an important thing, though, I'm just gonna st- because we have the YouTube channel. A lot of us don't have the relationships. Yeah, it's true. That to teach how to do stuff. But it's good if that if you're going to gain it in some way. But we have to do stuff together. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fixing this is the normative mode of households. Yeah. It's the cuz right now we're not at we're p- passive cuz we're consumers. Something happened. I need to pay someone or buy something. Right? Something mm-hmm. bad is going on. I need to spend money to fix yeah, it. Yeah, throw it away. Versus something has broken. I must fix it. Makes you an active Mm-hmm. Uh, person in your household, yeah, right? and that's the that is the sen- that's why we're on a farm. I don't have you know I'm like going this theoretical rights of passage. It's not theoretical; it's real. But it's very hard to manufacture when you live in an environment where you don't actually have need of your sons. You know, it's like, mm. and when you don't have needs of your sons, they feel it that I am just a consumer in my household. Mm-hmm. I consume the stuff that dad. But if your dad, if you see him as a producer who's producing, and then you can join him as producer, mm-hmm. it's a totally different experience. Yeah, yeah. Right, and when it's not like, oh, yeah, dad bought this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I saw dad make, you know, like, you know, with our cows. It's like, yeah, yeah we're going to slaughter these cows, and the kids are going to know where, the, where it, when we eat the food, you're going to know exactly where it came from. Betsy is delicious. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Oreo is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he does look delicious. <laughs> <laughs> is he a uh, wait? Let me guess. He's a Holstein steer. He's a bald, a blackface baldy. Ooh, so he's a Hereford yeah, 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 and, yeah. A, and an Angus. That's right. It makes mix. him cheaper. Ang- yeah. Because the, the, like an all black Angus is. Do you know why it costs more money? It's marketing. Marketing. Yeah. You know it yeah. doesn't taste better than most beef. Angus does not taste. No, better. no. It, it, but yeah, that's really what the Angus breeders have done well. It's market. not breed a better cow. I mean, it's fine, but they marketed it. That's really right. well. Yeah. Get you some. Eat a Jersey cow. It's good. Sweet. Yeah, or a, a Longhorn. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about a Longhorn. Yeah. So 
Jason, Jason, where can they go to uh, get Sword and Spade or or those Catholic Men or Fraternus? Honestly, those Catholic Men that keeps getting listed. We haven't updated that site in years. But how uh, do you? How do you edit so much stuff? I what the the people I said, how do you do all that? It's like I don't. People are always like, "Oh, editor of those coming." I haven't been on that site in four years. But uh, okay, well, we, sorry, <laughs> I kept plugging it for you. <laughs> we well, and it's honestly, it's because we went, I really shifted energies to the magazine because I um, growing audiences on the internet. It just becomes this game of like churn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, when we went to the magazine, it became something of more substance. And I just like, all right, I'm going to go from 20,000 clicks, you know, to 1,000, 1,500 subscribers, 2,000 subscribers. And, like, that's just – I like that. So you can go to theswordandspade.com. Uh, um, there will be a book coming out this next year uh, with Tan on uh, homesteading. Oh, awesome. Um, Will you send me a free copy? No, <laughs> you can buy one. And make sure you, you know don't what? share it's, it. It's 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 double for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah. Go to the dot com. Subscribe to the magazine. This is the constant conversation with you know. You guys mentioned Charlie, who's the co-editor. I mean, these guys that are <clears throat> that are producing this mat. These are guys in the trenches, thinking deeply and substantively, not just rehashing the same old complaints, but really trying to iron out. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're talking about. Real yeah. life. Yeah. Real life. Yep. Jason, uh, it's been a blast to talk to you. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Tomorrow? Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, when do you do you we'll leave do you leave uh what when do you leave? Sunday morning. Oh, perfect. So we actually have we do have tomorrow. We do have tomorrow. All right, we'll we'll, we'll do another episode tomorrow. Cool. All right. All right, see you man. Thanks guys.